Welcome to the show today. This is Timothy Putnam, and each week we come together to explore the foundations of our faith, to examine the impact our faith has on our daily lives, so that together we can prepare to live outside the walls. Well, today's show presents a little bit of a challenge for us. Uh, On Real Life Radio in Kentucky, we are heard on Saturdays. And on St. Michael Catholic Radio in Oklahoma, we are heard on Mondays at the present time. Uh, And so most of the time we can get around that, but today we are straddling liturgical seasons. Of course, uh, when we're heard in Kentucky, it's going to be Holy Saturday. Of course, in Oklahoma, we're heard on Monday, which is part of the octave of Easter. And so we're going to do our best to balance those. We're going to take our readings today from the Monday, and we're going to take our church Uh, document from Holy Saturday. Now, it's also a very exciting show because later in the show, we have Mother Miriam of the Lamb of God coming on the show to give an interview. Now, she's the prioress of uh, the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope. Uh, She was raised as uh, an observant Jew uh, in in, uh, New York, and now uh, she is a Catholic Sister, so uh, that that in itself is a little bit of a uh, of a contradiction in terms. So she was uh, Rosalind Moss by birth, and is now Mother Miriam of the Lamb of God. We really look forward to having her on the show. As always, let's open our time together in prayer. For our sake, our Redeemer suffered death and was buried and rose again. With heartfelt love, let us adore him and pray, Lord, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus, when your side was pierced, there flowed out blood and water, the marvelous symbol of the whole church. Through your death, burial, and resurrection, bring life to your bride, the church. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, you remembered those who did not remember your promise of resurrection. Remember those without hope, who do not know that you have risen. Lord, have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you were offered for all as our paschal sacrifice. Draw all mankind to yourself. Lord, have mercy on us. God of all the world, you encompass the universe, but were pleased to be laid in a tomb. Free the human race from the powers of darkness and grant it the gift of immortal glory. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, Son of the living God, you opened the gates of paradise to the repentant thief. Gather all who have shared your death and burial into the glory of your resurrection. Lord, have mercy on us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. All-powerful and ever-living God, your only Son went down among the dead, and rose again in glory. In your goodness, raise up your faithful people, buried with him in baptism, to be one with him in the eternal life of heaven, where he lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Today's reading from church history is from an ancient homily from Holy Saturday. Something strange is happening. 
there is a great silence on earth today. A great silence and stillness. The whole earth keeps silence because the king is asleep. The earth trembled and is still because God has fallen asleep in the flesh, and he has raised up all who have slept ever since the world began. God has died in the flesh, and hell trembles with fear. He has gone to search for our first parent as for a lost sheep, greatly desiring to visit those who live in darkness and in the shadow of death. He has gone to free from sorrow the captives, Adam and Eve, he who is both God and the son of Eve. The Lord approached them bearing the cross, the weapon that had won him the victory. At the sight of him, Adam, the first man he had created, struck his breast in terror and cried out to everyone, My Lord be with you all, and Christ answered him, and with your spirit. He took him by the hand and raised him up, saying, Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. I am your God, who for your sake have become your son. Out of love for you and for your descendants, I now, by my own authority, command all who are held in bondage to come forth, and all who are in darkness to be enlightened, all who are sleeping to arise. I order you, O sleeper, to awake. I did not create you to be held a prisoner in hell. Rise from the dead, for I am the life of the dead. Rise up, work of my hands, you who were created in my image. Rise, let us leave this place, for you are in me, and I am in you. Together we form only one person, and we cannot be separated. For your sake, I, your God, became your son. I, the Lord, took the form of a slave. I, whose home is above the heavens, descended to the earth and beneath the earth. For your sake, for the sake of man, I became like a man without help, free among the dead. For the sake of you who left a garden, I was betrayed to the Jews in a garden and I was crucified in a garden. See on my face the spittle I received in order to restore you to the life I once breathed into you. See there the marks of the blows I received in order to refashion your warped nature in my image. On my back, see the marks of the scourging I endured to remove the burden of sin that weighs upon your back. See my hands, nailed firmly to a tree for you who once wickedly stretched out your hand to a tree. I slept on the cross, and a sword pierced my side for you who slept in paradise and brought forth Eve from your side. My side has healed the pain in yours. My sleep will rise you from your sleep in hell. The sword that pierced me has sheathed the sword that was turned against you. Rise, let us leave this place. The enemy led you out of the earthly paradise. I will not restore you to that paradise, but I will enthrone you in heaven. 
I forbade you the tree that was only a symbol of life, but see, I, who am life itself, am now one with you. I appointed cherubim to guard you as slaves are guarded, but now I make them worship you as God. The throne formed by cherubim awaits you, its bearers swift and eager. The bridal chamber is adorned, the banquet is ready, the eternal dwelling places are prepared. The treasure houses of all good things lie open. The kingdom of heaven has been prepared for you from all eternity. That reading is from an ancient homily from Holy Saturday. Now we turn our attentions to the other side of Easter. These three scripture readings come from the Monday of the octave of Easter. The first reading comes from Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and proclaimed, You who are Jews, indeed all of you, staying in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to my words. You who are children of Israel, hear these words. Jesus the Nazarene was a man commended to you by God with mighty deeds, wonders, and signs, which God worked through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This man delivered up by the set plan and foreknowledge of God, you killed, using lawless men to crucify him. But God raised him up, releasing him from the throes of death, because it was impossible for him to be held by it. For David says of him, I saw the Lord ever before me. With him at my right hand I shall not be disturbed. Therefore my heart has been glad, and my tongue has exalted. My flesh, too, will dwell in hope. Because you will not abandon my soul to the netherworld, nor will you suffer your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence." My brothers, one can confidently say to you about the patriarch David that he died and was buried, and his tomb is in our midst to this day. But since he was a prophet and knew that God had sworn an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants upon his throne, he foresaw and spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that neither was he abandoned to the netherworld, nor did his flesh see corruption." God raised this Jesus. Of this we are all witnesses. Exalted at the right hand of God, he poured forth the promise of the Holy Spirit that he received from the Father, as you both see and hear. That reading comes from Acts chapter 2. Today's responsorial psalm comes from Psalm 16. Keep me safe, O God. You are my hope. Keep me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, My Lord are you. O Lord, my allotted portion and my cup, you it is who hold fast my lot. Keep me safe, O God, you are my hope. I bless the Lord who counsels me. Even in the night my heart exhorts me. I set the Lord ever before me. With him at my right hand I shall not be disturbed." Keep me safe, O God, you are my hope. Therefore my heart is glad and my soul rejoices. My body too abides in confidence, because you will not abandon my soul to the netherworld, nor will you suffer your faithful one to undergo corruption. Keep me safe, O God, you are my hope. You will show me the path of life. 
fullness of joys in your presence, the delights at your right hand forever. Keep me safe, O God. You are my hope. Today's gospel is from Matthew chapter 28. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went away quickly from the tomb, fearful, yet overjoyed, and ran to announce the news to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them on their way and greeted them. They approached, embraced his feet, and did him homage. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go, tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. While they were going, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had happened. The chief priests assembled with the elders and took counsel. And then they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, telling them, You are to say his disciples came by night and stole him while we were asleep. And if this gets to the ears of the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. The soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has circulated among the Jews to the present day. That gospel reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Mother Miriam of the Lamb of God, formerly Rosalind Moss, who is the prioress of the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope. Stick around. It's going to be a great show. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam. This is Father Joe Townsend from St. Benedict's in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, and you are listening to Outside the Walls on 102.9 St. Michael Catholic Radio. Well, today is a very special day. We are joined today by Mother Miriam of the Lamb of God, who is the prioress of the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope. And uh, she is, uh, first of all, a dear heart. Uh, her her passion is a contemplative active order. Uh, And uh, they are uh, focused on bringing the habit back to the world and on caring for the family. And those are two things that are uh, beautifully expressed in in her order. And and of course, you know my deep heart for the family. So we're very glad to have you on the show today, Mother. Thank you, dear Timothy. I'm thrilled to be here. So we wanted to talk to you today. Of course, we're uh, just following up and finishing with, uh, for some who are listening, finishing up with Holy Week. For others, uh, just beginning that uh, that octave of Easter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we wanted to talk to you today about the, the Jewish connections of our faith. Because so often we've, we've been Catholic and have so much Catholic history, we forget that Catholicism is a continuation of what came before and not just some new thing that we cobbled together and threw down. Yes, And the thing that I want to tell the world, if God will ever let me get to the moon with a megaphone, is that you cannot be more Jewish than to be Catholic, and that there is nothing that is authentically Catholic that doesn't have Jewish roots. Because for 2,000 years, the Jews waited for a Messiah, and God is faithful to his promises, and brought the Messiah through Israel, for Israel, 
for the entire world. And that was never plan B, it's always plan A. And the church was Jewish, founded on the Jewish apostles. Uh, our Lord came through the Jewish uh, Virgin, Mary. Um, and it was always God's plan. And one Jewish convert, we may say, who doesn't call himself a convert, but an entrant into the church, um, calls Catholicism post-Messianic Judaism. In other words, it's the Judaism that flowered after the birth of Messiah, when he said to the Jewish apostles, you are to take the gospel, the good news of Messiah's death and life and resurrection to the four corners of the earth. And now it is that. But Timothy, I remember uh, growing up in my Jewish home in Brooklyn under my given name, Rosalind Moss, um, that I... Um, uh, from a Jewish home, my parents, my grandparents, everybody, every year we sat down in this season to the Passover table. And every year our extended family sat down and we waited for the Messiah to come and we knew that he was the only hope the world had and that when he came we would be back in Jerusalem, there would be peace, he would set up his kingdom, life would make sense when Messiah came. And when we sat down to that Passover table, it wasn't a religious celebration alone. We would sit for an hour and a half before we ate the meal. No one of us ever said, Ma, when are we going to eat? Because we were part of the deliverance that happened 3,500 years prior to that, when God delivered the Jewish people from Egypt after 400 years of slavery. And so when we sat in Brooklyn as children at that Passover table, we celebrated that occasion when God passed over Egypt and all the firstborn of Egypt were killed, except the families that had the blood of the lamb on the doorpost because the lamb took the place of the eldest son of the firstborn and the son lived because that lamb died in his stead. And God brought the people and split the sea through Egypt to the promised land. And when we celebrated that, we weren't simply remembering a past event, but it was as if the past was brought through 3,500 years, brought through time, down into our little home in Brooklyn. We are God's people. He is our God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He delivered us with his outstretched arm. We went through the sea. He's our God, and he's coming. And so we spent our whole lives looking for him and thinking that he'll never come in our lifetime. But blessed be God, by his grace, I, a Jew of Jews, found out that he did come and 2,000 years ago, and that he established an, his church on earth. So now, Timothy, it is now the Passover time. Mm -hmm. This Good Friday that we've just celebrated, this Good Friday is the Friday when the lamb, to which every Old Testament lamb pointed, no Old Testament dead lamb could take away sin. But every one of those lambs, millions of them, were assigned to point to the one who would. And Jesus came as the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. And so the Jewish people who didn't know really who he was put him on a cross for claiming to be God. 
He said, for what are you stoning me? And they said, for nothing that you've done, but because you, being a man, made yourself out to be God. And under Jewish law, that is punishable by death. So if he wasn't God, they did the right thing. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, he is God. And so they put him to death. On the eve of the Passover, they put... Actually, it's been calculated that every Passover, one quarter of a million lambs were put to death in Jerusalem, which is 4,000 feet up. And so the blood of the lamb drenched the hills of Jerusalem. And they put the lamb to which the quarter of a million lambs pointed to death in order for them to kill their dead lambs, their their four-legged creatures. They put the true Passover lamb to death, not knowing, Apostle Paul said, if they knew who he was, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But they put him to death before sundown, so that by sundown, they could celebrate their Passover. And this year, unbelievably, on Good Friday, we celebrate the death. Why is it called good? We put him to death. Why on earth is that good? It's good because it meant our salvation. At Easter, we sing, O happy fault, that mm-hmm. brought us so great a Redeemer. How on earth could our putting him to death be a happy fault because we gained so great a Redeemer? And um, it, this Good Friday was the eve of the Jewish Passover when the Jews, who don't believe, would be if the temple was still here, which it's not, there's no more sacrificial system because Jerusalem was destroyed, but they would be having, mm-hmm. uh, at least in my Jewish home, a lamb, sh- a dried lamb shank on mm-hmm. their table to commemorate the Passover lamb while we celebrate the lamb who was put to death. You know, th- this is something that uh, I think we, we miss sometimes. I, I was... Uh, in the Protestant church for a number of years before I came into the Catholic church. And there's this idea that uh, we were saved because of the resurrection of Christ. Mm. And even though they have, they have songs like power in the blood and, and uh, the old rugged cross, it seems like more emphasis is placed on the resurrection, which is the source of our hope. And it's a very important thing. Uh, But to the diminishment of, the sacrifice of the blood of, of the cross, because something about the cross makes us uncomfortable. Yes. And yet the cross is the redemption of mankind. Paul says, I, I endeavor to preach nothing among you, but Christ and him crucified. Yes. Yes. And of course, in my Protestant years, 18 of them trying to save Catholics, mm-hmm. uh, we would say, um, Uh, why do you Catholics have Jesus on the cross? Don't you know he rose from the dead? And of course we know that. And as you just said, Mm -hmm. there's no hope without the resurrection. He's not a dead martyr. He did rise from the dead. Apostle Paul wrote that he was vindicated as the Son of God by his resurrection from the dead. But another thing, Timothy, that I had no clue about as a Protestant, that that really was probably the message above all that had a major role in my coming into the Catholic Church is that, of course, Catholics know that he rose from the dead. My Mm -hmm. goodness, my goodness. But when we look at the cross, we say to children, do you know how much Jesus loves you? We look at his outstretched arms and we say this much because we never forget the love that laid down his life for us and took the death 
that should have been ours. Yeah. Um, but another thing that astounded me is that he allows us to have a share in his sacrifice. It's unbelievable that we can take our sufferings and join them to the suffering of Christ, who's, he's, he whose sacrifice was all sufficient and once for all, yet an eternal sacrifice that never ends in a sense and he's never re-sacrificed. But it is a sacrifice, the Apostle Paul says, I make up that which is lacking in the, suffer- the sufferings of Christ. What's lacking? Nothing. And yet he takes us into that very sacrifice. So his death, as we are little Christs, as we are his disciples, as we follow him, we follow him into death so that we can follow him into resurrection. It's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to something you said there earlier. I I've, I always have this response when people say, well, he's not on the cross. Don't you know that? And I say, well, of course I do. But he's not in the manger anymore either. And we put him there every Christmas. Oh, good. Yeah. But of course. And you know, as a Jewish girl growing up, mm-hmm. um, one of my the most horrible scenes for me in New York was the manger scene. I used to pass Fifth Avenue, Macy's stores, homes, that manger seat in public. I hate to say that I, I have to say, hated it. I said, how could any responsible parent allow <laughs> that child, allow their children to worship that baby, to worship a man? And... Blessed be God, that baby, I came to find out, is God. And Timothy, my very first Christmas, I was in a supermarket, and they sang Christmas songs that even as a Jew I knew because you hear them all over. Right. But you hear until you hear. Mm -hmm. You see until you see. And I was in a supermarket, and they were playing, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. And all of a sudden, I heard what I had heard all my life for the first time. And I said, No. (laughs) <laughs> it says that. It always said that. Yeah. It's announcing it over the loudspeaker in Jewish New York in a <laughs> supermarket. And I stood there and I wanted to say to everybody, stop shopping. Listen to the words. Unbelievable. He died. He always died. And the first time I overheard a conversation, after people for a year and a half were trying to get me to understand he's the Messiah and died for our sins, I overheard a casual conversation of people saying he was alive. And I said, what do you mean he's alive? You told me he died. And they said, but he came out of the grave. And I remember saying, these were Protestants. Why didn't anybody say so? I was 32 years old. I had no clue. I had never heard it heard it in my life. Right. And that's why... We as Christians are called to proclaim. Indeed. And just within our own circle of influence. And we'll get back to that when we come back with Mother Miriam of the Lamb of God. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa, Broken Arrow.
We're talking today with Mother Miriam of the Lamb of God, prioress of Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope. Uh, and they are a, a, a contemplative, active order, which seems a little bit uh, contradictory, but you're a little contradiction in yourself. Well, there you go. A Jewish nun. Uh, <laughs> and, and so uh, we have you here today, and, and we're talking about uh, the connections between our uh, Jewish roots yes. and our our place here in Holy Week and Easter and the resurrection. And you were talking about being in the grocery store uh, he, there in Jewish New York, hearing joy to the world blare over the loudspeaker yeah. and hearing for the first time those words. And the question that you asked was, why had no one told me? Yes. And even if someone told me, I didn't hear. I mm-hmm. may have. I mean, I was 32 years old. I'd never heard such a thing. I never heard the Messiah came. I never heard anyone believed it. But I certainly never heard that a Jewish person believed such a thing. And you know what I was thinking of, Timothy, is that... Um, all my life, I learned long for meaning, for hope, for a purpose. Since I'm 10 years old, why is mankind on the earth? And nothing, no amount of love, no amount of anything could ever fill that until I met God, until the Messiah came and lived within me and filled my life. And I remember the moment that I was sitting with the Protestant pastor who, for whom I will be uh, forever grateful because he led me to Christ. He led me to the Messiah. And I remember sitting with him the morning before I came to believe, the morning before I asked Jesus into my heart. And we were talking, and he told me this, uh, that Jesus came for the Jews and everybody. And I said to him, do you know what you're telling me? Do you know that if this is true, there can't be anything greater that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who came to earth, who no man could look on and live, that that God entered time and space, took on flesh, and became man for us men and for our salvation, died on the cross, rose from the dead, and we can know God. We can know God. I can know God. Mm-hmm. We know why we exist. I said, I said to him, do you understand I said to this pastor that if it's true, there cannot be anything greater on earth. Because if you think there's anything greater, you don't know what you're telling me. Mm -hmm. And he said, no, 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 I I, I agree. And so not only did I give my life to the God who became man, but 18 years later, I learned he went the further step of condescension and became our food. And I... Timothy, cannot keep it to myself. Mm-hmm. I cannot keep it to myself. Uh, one priest said, if we keep it to ourselves, we're thieves. And people say, but I'm not an evangelist. How do I tell the, how do I give this to the world? How do I, t- what do I do? I don't like knocking on doors. I can't teach. I'm afraid mm-hmm. they'll ask me a question I can't answer. And you know what? The best definition of evangelism I've ever heard is one beggar telling another beggar where to get bread. Mm-hmm. And as Catholics, we are beggars telling other beggars where to get the true bread of life, the right. Eucharist. And I, St. Catherine of Siena said, be what you should be, you'll set the whole world on fire. Someone says, well, what does it, how can we evangelize? And there's only one way, there's only one way, live as if it's true. If we live as if it's true in everything we do and don't do, in everything we say and don't say, p- 
people will look at us. We'll be different from the world without trying, Mm -hmm. except trying to cling to Christ and walk with him. And the whole world will say to us, you'll meet a Jew on a supermarket line and they'll say, what have you got? And you'll say, it's not what, it's who. I have your Messiah, you know? You're going to be different from the world. You're going to have peace in the midst of chaos. And you're going to have faith where people have lost hope. And they're going to want what you have. In order to do that, though, uh, in order to really live like it's true, Mm. and even in order to believe that it's true in in the fullest degree, uh, we have to approach it. Yes. We have to to let faith be more than a, a Sunday morning proposition. Yes. We have to live lives of prayer. Basically, we have to be saints. Yes. And that feels like a daunting thing of, well, you know, we've got St. Saint, uh, Saint Therese of Lisieux and she dedicated her whole life. Or we, we have uh, Blessed Mother Teresa or St. John Paul II. And we, we see these people who have dedicated the whole of their lives. And yet here we are and we're so busy. We have, uh, we have kids soccer and we've got... Uh, we have work and we've got to help the kids with their homework and we have to, uh, we have to do all of these things that demand our attention uh, and distract us from the Eucharist. They distract us from the fact that it is true and it is the most amazing thing in the world, not only that Jesus Christ rose from the dead by, and, and thereby proving that he is God, but the more, I think, amazing thing that God died. How, how, does a, <laughs> how, does, how does a God die? It's easy to think of how a God can raise from the dead, but how does a God die mm-hmm. in the first place? And so one of the one of the things that I think people struggle with, and I think maybe you'll have some keen insight into, is how do we create shrines and pockets of, of activity, pockets of holiness that then like leaven begin to Mm, rise in the rest of our lives and create holiness throughout our lives where we don't have the the time or the ability to be constantly dedicated in prayer because we have the the other distractions of life around us. You know, um, I think one of the greatest things for families, Timothy, and the greatest thing, a message parents can give their children, and we don't give by what we say if we don't live it, of course, because children will learn by example more than they'll ever learn anything else. But, and it's what we knew growing up in our Jewish home, it's identity, that we're the people of God. And when we were young in our Jewish home, we knew that anything we did and didn't do reflected on the God we claim to be ours. We mm-hmm. are Jews. We're children of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. How could we do that and live a life that will mar his name or that will be contrary to that? So it's not a matter of raising children, if I could just say it, with religion, which Jesus uses the word. There's nothing wrong with the word religion, of course, to worship God and to live it. But it's it's identity. It's knowing who you are. The children need identity. So right from the, the beginning, it's who we are. We're a people of God. And we're not becoming saints. We are saints. The Apostle Paul writes to the saints in Philippi, to those called as saints in Rome. A saint doesn't mean we're perfect. Saint, holy doesn't mean perfect. It means set apart. It means set apart from the world to God. And so Jesus says, we're to be in the world and not of it. And how on earth can we be in the world, in the middle of a soccer game? But see, the more we live as a family in God's design, and we counter good things because the enemy will always make keep us busy 
He will mm-hmm. always bring good things into our life. And when a child is old or has his own family, he won't be formed by all the piano lessons you took him to and all the socking games. These are good, worthy, profitable things. But he'll be formed by the family sitting around the fireplace reading stories of saints, reading the scriptures together, praying together. You could have both. But if your whole life is so busy that the mom's a taxi driver and everything else and the family hardly can have a meal together, you're doing good things. You're not living a life of sin but you're not raising the family to be saints, to be mm-hmm. who you are in the midst of this world. Mother Miriam, there is a, a book out there that I think that you'd be interested in, and I think my listeners would be interested yes. in as well, called The Year and Our Children. And it it's a, an activity book and a cookbook that Ooh. takes you through the church year, different saints days, different activities, different ways, and, and really simple ways that you can appropriate traditions of the church and traditions of uh, of specific feast days and incorporate them uh, into the life of your family. Wow. I'm going to get that book. The Year and Our Children. The Year and How Our Children. How fantastic. Now, there are a number of books in addition to The Year and Our Children uh, that, that follow that same theme. Uh, another one that we use in our house is A Continual Feast. And it goes through again the feast days and gives just ideas of really simple things that you can do to incorporate the traditions of our faith uh, into your daily lives. Uh, and it has a profound impact on, on your children. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to post links to those books on our social media. You can find them this week on facebook.com slash step outside the walls or on Twitter. The handle is at outside the walls. And these simple practices really bring the faith alive to our children and give them something tangible to hold on to. Now, we're going to give away a couple of uh, CDs of your story, The Making of a Jewish Nun. Uh, And so right after the break, we're going to think up some questions, uh, trivia questions. We're going to do two. We're going to do one question that my listening audience on Real Life Radio can answer and one question that my audience on St. Michael Radio can answer. Uh, And when they call in to 918-928-KPIM and give me the right answer, then we will, of course, ship out their story. Now, if, uh, if they don't win, they can always get your story uh where could they find that uh, to to purchase it well uh, our website is uh, www.motherofisraelshope.org and they could be in touch with me and tell me they want it and i'll send one out excellent well thank you so much mother miriam for your time with us today for all that you've given us and and just you are such a delight it's been a joy for me timothy When we come back from the break, Mother Miriam will be asking us a couple of questions and giving away the CD of her testimony. So stick around. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa, Broken Arrow. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa, Broken Arrow. We're talking today with Mother Miriam of the Lamb of God, Prioress of Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope. Their website is www.motherofisraelshope.org. Encourage you to go take a look at that and see 
all the wonderful things that are going on with their order. Now, Mother Miriam has a fascinating story. It's put on a CD called The Making of a Jewish Nun. You can, of course, if you don't win today, you can get that on that website, motherofisraelshope.org. But for now, we're going to give away a couple of copies. Mother Miriam has a question for my Um, for my Oklahoma audience and for my Kentucky audience. And so, Mother, uh, whenever you're ready. Yes, for the Oklahoma audience, the question is, where in Scripture, where in the Old Testament, is the story of the first Passover lamb slain? Uh, Where is the story of the original Passover that God gave to the children of Israel? Of course, you can answer that by giving me a call at 918 928 KPIM. That's 918-928-5746. So now we have a question for uh, Kentucky. Yes, dear Kentucky, where now is the story of the death of the final Passover lamb, who is Jesus? Where is the story in the New Testament of his death? And you have four different options there. I'll take any of them. Yes. And so again, you can call me at 918-928-KPIM. That's 918-928-5746. To answer that question, whoever gives me the answer, uh, the correct answer first, I will send you out a copy of The Making of a Jewish Nun, the story of Mother Miriam. Now, you had another challenge for us, Mother. Well, I thought how wonderful it would be if... Um, all of you, not just those who get the answer, but uh, look it up and read the story, both stories, the Old Testament and New, together, back to back, read them to your family, read them to your children, read them together as a husband and wife. If you live alone, go grab your best friend or a stranger in a diner and read the story to them. And then thank the Lamb of God who gave his life for you and rose from the dead, especially this Easter. Thank you, Mother Miriam, for being with us today. It's such a pleasure to have you here. For me too, Timothy. Thanks. Well, we only have a little bit of time left together. And so I wanted to ask you, what was the most meaningful thing for you this Lenten season and Holy Week? What was it that really uh, changed in you? And that's, of course, the purpose of Lent is to transform us more and more into the likeness of Christ. What was it that transformed in your spirit? What what event, what thought, what what thing really transformed in your spirit this Lent season and during the Holy Week? You can come and tell me over at facebook.com slash step outside the walls. You can also find me on Twitter. The handle there is at outside the walls. Or you can give me a call and leave a message on our line at 918-928-KPIM. That's 918-928-5746. And let me know what was the most significant thing for you this Lenten season. And then as we move forward, we're anticipating these 50 days of rejoicing, of celebration, of returning back into glorious praise and and saying again our hallelujah, saying the gloria again in mass, uh, those things that have been absent from us, that have been removed from us to remind us uh, that we were in a season of penitence. And here we are, we're we're entering into now the Easter season where we again rejoice. How will your Lent now transform you into an Easter person, a person of the resurrection, a person who identifies with the Paschal mystery, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ? 
Will you be the one who, in your conversations with others, with those who are in your immediate circle, that you bring Christ into your discussions through your demeanor, through your words? Will you be the one that, that someone looks at you in the, in, the, in the line at the grocery store and says, you have something different? Maybe they won't even know how to express it, and that's okay. Will you be the one who reflects Christ this Easter season? Uh, That's really our challenge. Really, the whole of our life is that challenge, to live as people of the resurrection, redeemed by Christ's blood through his sacrifice on the cross. We are an Easter people who are profoundly affected by Holy Week. Well, uh, I also wanted to remind you, we've just got a little bit of time left on our fundraiser. Outside the Walls has been produced entirely on borrowed equipment, and we've been very thankful for that equipment, for the use of that. Uh, We are now in our 20th episode. Uh, This may actually be the 21st episode. And so here we are. We're we're a good ways into the year. Uh, I think we've kind of hit a groove. We've got the next several weeks planned out and uh, uh, really have some great shows ahead of us. But we really need your help because this borrowed equipment, while it's ours to use temporarily, uh, is not going to last us on an ongoing basis. And so you can find out more information about what we need and what we're trying to raise funds for, the the sound equipment we're trying to purchase. Uh, You can get that information at timothyputnam.com slash outside the walls. That's timothyputnam.com slash outside the walls. There on the right-hand corner uh, at the top, you're going to see something that says Studio Improvements. And if you click that link, it'll take you to our fundraising page, and you can see everything there uh, that we're asking for. Now, additionally, uh, we also, on that same page, have all of the archives of the, the 19 shows that we have done to date You can go and listen to them, catch up if you've missed some of them. Uh, Maybe there was a show that you only caught part of and you want to catch the rest of it. Or or maybe there was something that uh, really you really liked. There was some reading from the church father that you want to hear again. Well, that's the place to do it right there on timothyputnam.com slash outside the walls. Well, we're out of time for today, but I'm so glad that you tuned in. I I hope that you enjoyed the conversation with Mother Miriam as much as I did. Love having her around and so grateful that she was able to be on the show today. Tune in next week uh, and the week after and, you know, maybe the week after that and the week after. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam on St. Michael Catholic Radio, 102.9 FM, Tulsa, Broken Arrow. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.